Hello and welcome to episode 99 of Circular Business Podcast, a series where we look into circular economy from the Indian context. I'm your host and host Shri Priya Sridharan and you are listening to part 2 of our conversation with Vijay Pradeep, founder of Demitas Energies, where they are building a next generation power plant that efficiently reliably and inexpensively generates zero emission power demitas energies is an indian startup who are on a mission to implement their promising solution at grid scale to address the global energy crisis to many of us the previous episode might have been eye opening especially when we discussed some critical loopholes in the implementation of renewable energy grids in india opening the episode with that problem statement actually made a perfect segue to understand how demitas's innovation is solving the problem although demitas is a hardcore mechanical engineering startup i appreciate the simplicity and clarity with which vijay explains their solution to a 5 year old kid that's that's a fun part you must you must uh, tune into that again and in case you haven't heard the previous episode that is episode 98 then pause right now go listen to that episode you know why because this conversation branches out into some important subtopics which can be understood better if heard in the ascending sequence and if you already have heard the previous episode to phir der kis baat ki let's move on to part 2 the expertise required in um, your your startup i'm sure it's very different and it's not commonly offered um, subject also in engineering colleges nor is it even exactly. a major exactly so like uh, it's it's very difficult so if you look at uh, most non iit uh, colleges uh-huh. so uh, a lot of mechanical engineers are not even taught cfd yes so uh, it's it's extremely difficult to work with that you are and you don't have that bandwidth to teach these, these people so some people are very enthusiastic and the perfect for the job just that unfortunately right. the college never had that subject So Correct. and then if you uh, if you imagine the issues we have, for example, our turbine blades go at supersonic speed, the tip speed goes uh, at Mach three, Mach four. Uh, doing aerothermodynamics, so that is not an easy feat. So uh, yeah. it's just very heartbreaking not uh, being able to hire these kind of people who otherwise are perfect. Just that they did not have this kind of courses in college. and so so that's a big uh, challenge so if in fact uh, we had to tell anyone if they could change something this is definitely one thing you would want to change the people should be taught these things totally beyond computer science and it but you know vijay it reminds me of my final year in uh, in my engineering college so we had uh, computational fluid dynamics cfd in the fourth year second semester it was an optional subject and exactly you know how many students had signed up for that i'd say two four <laughs> out exactly. of four out of 
so that that was a ratio and uh, i don't know i mean there was to be honest i don't i don't remember having a competent teacher in college who could even teach mm-hmm. that subject so there is even a lack of uh, teachers who can probably exactly. guide students and i i think exactly. that is also one of the reasons why it is not offered as a um proper subject mainstream exactly me definitely i would in fact uh, point to uh, two experiences we had in this like uh, one of the best research institute in india iisc which we respect uh, immensely we went to them there's something called a gas generator that's used in our engine which is pretty much a rocket engine so uh, we wanted a professor and his uh, phd students to come over and help us with some things on that and and we just wanted some cfd uh, mechanics on that you know if they could help us with this and those guys were like no we don't do propulsion and i like this is iis if you don't do propulsion who does it and <laughs> that was heartbreaking and yeah. the other time when i myself was in college and uh, i was interning in iit delhi and uh, with the chemical engineering department i mean brilliant department brilliant people but there was an uh, there's a master's student there uh, she had such a hard time doing cfd and her thesis was just making a coil of a heat exchanger and like dude you're in iit delhi this is not what you do you should do something better with this and so that is definitely there no matter where you are the uh, academia needs to really pick up uh, on this thing and when you move to us uh, you don't see this lack uh, in a lot of uh, uh, colleges so um, we definitely need to pick up there i mean again not saying that we don't know where the, in india this that happens but it's not as uh, rampant or uh, rampant or as uh, mainstream as it should be i am so glad you brought up this point because you know one of the po- um, last in november i had attended one forum it was uh, by adelphi so where we were just talking about um, the policy changes that can be proposed to the government right so th- that was the forum about and one of the major uh, points that came up was capacity building and skill development and when we just went about it that's when we realized even when we talk of circular economy or even sustainability for that matter there are so many aspects or uh, professions related to making that technology happen that today th- those yeah. courses are not even offered in um, exactly. academia so how exactly. do exactly. If, and government is taking like um, ambitious target for 2030 how are you going to develop this talent without exactly. them learning about it right True. so exactly so i mean uh, the goal goal setting is excellent i mean that that's obviously the first step but one needs to also see the grassroots level how do you achieve those goals without Correct. a good workforce that's not really going to happen totally totally so that's that's a good point and i i think i'm going to write about this or something <laughs> this this <laughs> this needs to be spoken yes yeah, sure. yeah, so thanks for bringing that i wanted to ask you for your product say for example you are you are told that okay in 3 months you can change one place totally so mm-hmm. where would be where would you apply your technology where you see that okay if we transform this place it is going to impact india a lot so uh, right now uh, realistically speaking where we uh, would like to see changes is in the uh, big industrial units so uh-huh. uh, especially in india so india typically wastes about 20000 megawatt hours of uh, heat energy uh, just oh. as uh, yeah, just as waste and process heat so uh, that is a huge amount of energy if we could just tap that a lot of our energy demand just met there right there 
so uh, unfortunately that is because more a lot of the industry that we've designed is copy paste so uh, and uh, we don't really focus a lot on uh, increasing the efficiency you got a lot of team craft you got a lot of uh, waste uh, not very uh, inefficiently designed uh, systems that had been designed ages ago so you got a lot of those uh, places that we can start with so before even going to uh, grid scale energy storages or a cutting edge power plants or any of those things we would want to uh, where we could change in a very sizable uh, quick uh, period of time is these uh, waste recovery systems in these plants if you could even recover uh, 60% of the waste heat now that would put india in a very good standing we've been to a lot of power plants in india refineries in india even the military for that matter the indian railways is another one so they they are wasting a lot of energy uh, obviously unintentionally so uh, that a waste a lot of indian uh, money it, uh, because that's a fuel wasted it does harm the environment uh, because you are having unnecessary pollution and it's just uh, energy waste which we could have used for uh, villages or even uh, cities for that matter so uh, that is one thing i would definitely uh, love to change if i was a genie and i could change something that is one thing i would be amazing so um one of the complications with the waste heat is also that when we look at it in a narrow vision like each mm-hmm. unit separately the amount of mm-hmm. waste heat becomes very insignificant exactly that's one of the reasons exactly. why they don't consider it important to capture exactly. it exactly like you mentioned if you were the genie and you were to capture that so would you put batteries in those specific areas to capture that energy and use it later like if you could just ex- explain how that would right. happen exactly so there are uh, two uh, reasons why uh, we have so much waste heat so uh, and just to give perspective india while india loses 20000 megawatt hours of energy every year americans lose about uh, almost 10000 megawatt hours so even they do lose but uh, obviously relatively uh, less than us now there are two reasons one as you very rightly pointed out uh, uh, individually they seem very less uh, the, the amount of energy being wasted uh, but uh, obviously cumulatively that's a huge amount of energy you're wasting right there uh so that also gives you the mindset that uh, the cost to cost to benefit ratio does not match for a 1 kilowatt hour system you don't want to put in 2 lakh rupees right so that is definitely one issue second uh, very reasonable issue is that most of the waste heat excluding from industries like uh, refineries steel uh, metal uh, the waste heat is low grade uh by low grade i mean that the temperature of the exhaust is less than 200 300 degrees celsius and to uh, reasonably utilize the heat you need uh, at least 250 to 300 degrees celsius of uh, waste exhaust otherwise <coughs> it doesn't because it's not a very viable economically uh, economically viable proposition uh, because water based ranking cycle just cannot use that energy we need about 300 degrees celsius so uh, and if you go with something called an orc organic ranking cycle so uh, the, which can utilize those uh, temperatures up to 150 degree or so 200 to 150 degree they are extremely expensive often times they are made outside india and uh, the efficiencies are very low 7 to 14% is what typically they would uh, have so it doesn't work out a lot so a big and big companies they don't really care about it because it for a 800 megawatt power plant generating 1 kilowatt really does not make a difference 
uh, for smaller uh, plants, uh, they don't want to spend that kind of cash. So, uh, as you very rightly put, uh, what we are trying to do here is uh, capture these small, small uh, inefficiencies. Since the working fluid that we use uh, has a boiling point of minus 60 degrees Celsius, so even these okay. small, uh, small uh, points of wasted heat we can absorb. And we can absorb uh, even low-grade uh, temperatures uh, up to 50, 60 degrees Celsius effectively. So we yeah. capture them individually and uh, combine them in a single plant and utilize that accumulated uh, heat energy to generate electricity. And okay. this is what we are uh, currently doing with a certain uh, refinery uh, in India as well as the Indian wow. Army. So, uh, and, uh, and a huge fashion chain, in fact, now, very uh, gladly. So uh, even the textile industry, which a lot of people don't know is very polluting, has uh -huh. started changing, which is a very good change uh, to be witnessing. So uh, I believe uh, if there are more people like us, then uh, and if we can at least in the next decade tackle this uh, huge issue of waste mm -hmm. recovery, the next steps become so much easier. Thank you for um, explaining that. Uh, but did you face any resistance when you approached people for the solution like what was your first worry oh huge uh, issue so i had uh, we are all uh, averse to change right who likes change yeah so uh, initially uh, we did face a lot of issue primarily on the technology part not a lot of people understand the technology that goes in so uh, right. just the ranking cycle and its complexities a lot of people don't understand that yeah. So it's it's a it's a daunting task to uh, convince them of the technology that it can be done. Second, unfortunately, uh, very unfortunately, in India, uh, we are all sort of whitewashed. So if Americans have not done this, how did an Indian boy do this? So mm. there's always that challenge to sort of push like nahi ho chuka hai, kar chuka hai, dikha chuka hai. So that becomes a challenge, and we not coming from a very uh, wealthy family, uh, not having a prototype was a big challenge. So getting yeah. the meeting, getting the third meeting itself with uh, investors, with uh, potential customers was easy. Uh, coming from a good school, everything that helps. But making that sale becomes very difficult. No one really believes mm. in it. So uh, fortunately, we've had a few people uh, like Tata's were very helpful initially. Esports was very helpful. With them, then we slowly uh, figured that investment is not something we really want. We want a prototype. Prototype, so with totally. their help, we built a prototype and MVP and displayed that. Then we got funded by IM Bangalore. Then Tata's, uh, Tata Social Alpha sort of helped us. So that yeah. helped slowly but steadily over a decade. We've sort of come to a position where uh, we can show things to people and they now believe us. So we've transitioned, uh, transitioned from uh, complete lack of belief in technology to uh, monetary challenges. So now it's about uh, why should I uh, forgive, uh, forgo my uh, DG set and go for your technology? You're a startup, my, uh, maybe you might just like go bankrupt next year. How, how do I do that? So uh, that uh, the problems have transitioned, thankfully, but uh, of course they do exist. You mentioned DG set and I, I, I have to ask you this question. India has got used to, I'm sure it's across the world, but 
people have adopted to dg sets everywhere now and i come uh, i used to work for an organization which manufactures uh, dg sets right i used to work for cummins and where, wherever i go even if i go to the mountains i see that specific that peculiar green color dg sets out there exactly. which is powering the smallest village over there so uh, it took a while for uh, even that technology to reach to different corners of the world but the kind of solution the way you explained how your battery can actually transform areas where there is intermittent energy source right, right. so to reach there um, wouldn't you be competing with the industry biggies or do you think it would help with a collaborative approach what do you think works best exactly so so a mix of both works so uh, initially when we were hot blooded right out of college so we did have that thing, we we're going to like kill these uh, huge conglomerates they're going to be like the cements of the of future and stuff that doesn't work so yeah. uh, what we what we uh, figured is uh, a, a hybrid approach is what's best uh, so uh, while we do uh, we, we do we are in fact in talks with a couple of these dg manufacturers yeah. uh, for a waste recovery purposes uh, dg is waste a lot of energy about yes. 60% of the net fuel efficiency energy is wasted so okay. uh, and and you uh, giant leaps are very rare in uh, in scientific development it's all iterative so uh, we are working with them with the two of the industry's largest uh, dg manufacturers to improve the efficiency uh, dgs won't go 100% green but they will go greener so uh, that is some uh, that's how we are working with them and second uh, we are working with the customers uh, on the other side uh, if you can't beat them join them so uh, indian army is one of the biggest uh, customers of dg sets in northern command in siachen lay you have uh, dgs uh, and yeah. it's a big problem for them because you have to then take diesel uh, up there so they are working with us to uh, come up with a better solution then we are partnering we have already partnered with the uh, some of the biggest uh, leaders in the telecom the uh, telecom tower sector which is yeah. the second largest user of diesel uh, and for them diesel is a big problem not because it's only polluting but also because people steal diesel and uh-huh. it's a big headache yes. for them so Correct. they are looking for uh, a solution unfortunately indian grid is not stable and telecom requires 19.95% uptime and yeah. so we've been working with them to replace or uh, replace the standalone diesel with a hybrid diesel and our system uh, model uh, okay. and so that's how we've approached we don't want to fight the behemoth we want to join them noted slowly uh, people are talking about how hydropower now mm-hmm. need not be there we don't need dams anymore in a lot of places right but destroying a dam is actually going to create a lot of chaos around because now exactly. the localities have evolved without a river in that area exactly so, even if the government decides okay a certain old dams can now um, render useless so in such a case can your technology come um, as a saving gesture over there it actually does so uh, in today's world uh, any realistic uh, energy storage solution uh, at the scale that uh, the power grids across the world require the only solution is hydro there are something called pumped hydro uh, yeah. there's one in pune in fact uh, where you uh, pump the water back up from the catchment area back to the dam the reservoir and then you can use that again uh, so uh, that is uh, there 
unfortunately the energy density is very low so uh, we definitely are the best replacement for that uh, once okay. we come in uh, one you do not need dams uh, for energy storage uh, although there aren't too many of those anyway so uh, that is one second uh, our goal is to uh, help enable uh, as in the uh, beginning i mentioned right we uh, enable true adoption of solar and uh, wind yes so once renewables uh, become uh, base load generators you don't require these base load you don't need nuclear you don't need fossil fuel you don't need uh, hydro hydro is an excellent base load because you know exactly how much water you going to have and uh, yeah. it, it gives very stable uh, power and at very high capacity so the right. obvious unfortunate fact is uh, it is ecologically uh, devastating so yeah. uh, whatever we have i really am not an expert in how do you dismantle these dams but uh, you certainly would not require new ones correct absolutely that's the end of part 2 i sincerely hope that you are enjoying this conversation because vijay is the innovator himself so if you have any queries regarding their solution or maybe you just want to talk computational fluid dynamics with him then reach out to vijay in the links provided in the show notes and hey agar aapko maza aaya and you found this to be a great value addition to your day then make sure to share this episode with your friends family or even a colleague and help us spark a thought initiate conversations and let's attempt to make this planet a better place shall we on that note it's a wrap stay tuned for part 3 thank you for supporting us every week and i hope to see you soon in the next episode <laughs>